Hello, and welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. I am Beth Shank, long-term host of the podcast, handing off to Dr. Heidi Honegger-Rogers and Dr. Heidi Siegen, who are interviewing fellows in the Environmental Health Research Institute for nurse and clinician scientists, fondly called ARI. Today, they interview Dr. Kathy Vandiver, environmental health educator from MIT. Dr. Honegger-Rogers will introduce Dr. Vandiver and then start the interview. Enjoy. Dr. Kathleen M. Vandiver earned her PhD in 1982 from the Tufts University School of Medicine in anatomy and cellular biology department and joined the research team at Optra Incorporated, an optics instrumentation startup. Later in a career shift, she obtained a master's of education from Harvard University and taught sixth grade science in the Lexington Public Schools for 16 years. As team leader, she helped to initiate Project Days, which continued for 10 years. Vandiver received the Science Educator of the Year Award in 2009 and was inducted into the Massachusetts Science Educators Hall of Fame in 2011 by the Massachusetts Association of Science Teachers. In 2006, Vandiver left classroom teaching and joined the MIT Center for Environmental Health Sciences. As the Director of Community Outreach Education and Engagement Corps for this center, she partners with communities to improve environmental public health through science education and community engagement. Her MIT role also includes working with tribal communities in Maine on drinking water quality with the MIT Superfund Research Program. Vandiver is the recipient of the Office of the Vice President of Research 2019 MIT Infinite Mile Award for her professional endeavors. Her community work is currently focused in Malden, Massachusetts, where she initiated a project in equitable resilience, working toward creating a climate resilient public park through a strong community-led process. Additionally, Vandiver directs a national short course for nurses serving marginalized communities, including tribal communities. This NIH grants help to explain how the severity of disease can be affected by a population's genetic susceptibility, as well as by their increased exposure to hazardous chemicals in their environment. Well, welcome to the Annie podcast. Um, this is Heidi Segan, and I am here with my co-host, Heidi Honegger-Rogers. And we are so excited today because today we are joined by Kathleen M. Vandiver. Um, Kathleen is part of the first cohort of the Environmental Health Research Institute. So um, welcome to the podcast. And Kathleen, can you just give us a little bit of an introduction? Tell us about yourself. Yes, I'll tell you what I'm doing now. I am um, I am the Community Engagement Corps leader for two centers at MIT, and they're both involved in environmental health. The first one is uh, the Center for Environmental Health Sciences, and um, I am the community engagement person there. 
and then I also work as the community engagement director for uh, MIT's Superfund Research Program. And these both of these centers are interdisciplinary and uh, involve outreach to communities, particularly environmental justice communities. Wonderful. Thanks for the introduction. Now, I am really interested to hear how you got started working in this environmental health space. So can you tell us your story? Sure. Um, I guess what's interesting is that I, I changed uh, focus several times. Uh, my first career was really uh, after I got my PhD was working for a small research company, and I enjoyed it very much. And um, then I decided to uh, get a PhD because I discovered that if you want to do research in subjects that you're interested in, it requires a PhD basically to write grants and to have a more firm background in research. So um, that was really good. And that, took, that led me for quite a while to again, be a researcher in, uh, again in a small company. But I turned and got interested in education. So while I was working for the small company there, I actually uh, went to graduate school at the Harvard Graduate School of Education and got my master's degree there. And so when I applied for a sixth grade science position, uh, the principal there did not think anyone with my qualifications was suitable for sixth grade. And I found this really interesting because I did teach sixth grade science for uh, 16 years. And I loved the broadening view because I got to teach science at all different subjects, including things in, in uh, uh, not just biology, but also in other areas. But the real interesting tie-in is when I started to work at MIT afterwards, I had a huge advantage because the, the US population is usually at the sixth grade science level. And my training for uh, explaining and making things very engaging and to catch people's interest and to just keep them uh, so, um, so engaged that they wanted to learn more. So I found that this was a huge benefit now as a community engagement leader because I've continued to make a lot of different hands-on models and a lot of other things which make it much easier to teach complicated ideas such as climate change and um, my specialty particularly is DNA and proteins, molecular biology. Kathy, that's amazing. What an incredible like career you've had Arc. so far. <laughs> Um, so I, I'm curious, you, you, can you tell us more about the community engagement coordinators mm -hmm. here at two different centers? Um, what, what is, what does that work look like on a, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis? What are you, what are you spending your time on? Well, when you're a community engagement leader, one of the nicest things about it is for me, uh, I was not given a prescribed job in a sense. I went looking for local communities that had community issues with uh, environmental health, particularly. And um, for instance, right now I'm working in the Boston area. And so um, the uh, city of Malden did appeal to me because they have an enormous number of immigrants and also they have a, a river 
the Malden River actually, which um, was very much polluted in the industrial age. And there was huge controversy. Most people were saying, keep away from the water. So one of the first things I was able to do was to help put together a group to do a human health risk study for boating. And then when that happened, that was really very useful because I had gotten to know a lot of people in, this, in the city as well and uh, community members. And we were able from that springboard of finding out that it was safe for boating through MIT's uh, research labs, we could do a lot of the, wa the water testing and things like that. We found out that um, we were able to well, I was able to bring the people together in order to put in a proposal for building a public park on the waterfront and include activities such as boating. So it was very fortunate. MIT had a was offering it, the timing was incredible, was offering a um, an urban prize for uh, a project. And so we made the project really totally focused on equitable resilience. And so it was an unusual project because we started off with really involving all the community members in doing all the planning from the very start. And most urban projects are not like this. The community is just brought in at the last minute to tell you where the park bench should go. But this was fantastic because it just changed the whole city around. And there's a lot more interest and social involvement in, in public um, in public uh, affairs, I guess I would say. And that you know, people come from other countries and they don't have an idea that this is something in the US which we would consider to be um, something you can do with your government, with your local government. So I'm really excited about it. We're, we, we've been collect, uh, we've been making, a, putting in a lot more grants and we now have everything planned and actually, uh, it sounds bragging, but a millions of dollars ready to go for making the park. But you just have to find your own community. And that's what's really nice about my job. That's amazing. It sounds like you have completely like moved into work that really lines up with who you are and where your values are and also where your incredible skill set is. Um, can you talk to us a, a little bit about um, you're also working in the Superfund center you said and and the work that you're doing there okay the superfund uh research program is a, an amazing program because it does a lot of work on the mechanisms of how contaminants in soils and air and water uh, actually affect people and in this case our superfund site is working with a particular water contaminant, which was uh, found in Wilmington, Mass., which is not very far from us at all. And um, it has a very uh, difficult story, as most Superfund sites do, in the sense that, um, first of all, uh, the moms suddenly discovered that they had a lot of children in their, in their area that were um, coming down with cancer, young children. And the statistics would be that maybe 3% or three, three individuals, three children possibly, but they were like 21 children in this span of a few years. And so everyone was, it was terrifying because everyone was trying to figure out what, what was going on. Um, 
And it did turn out to be this chemical called NDMA, which is, I won't go into the chemical, but basically, um, and it was the moms who actually helped figure it out, which was really another one of those stories, which is really incredible. Um, so what's good about this right now is um, the remediation is going on right now. And I'm working more with the Wilmington community members and we, they were wonderful. They wanted to contribute. Um, they wanted to be able to share their lessons learned. And so I ended up uh, joining another group of centers making a particular resource, which was gonna be all interviews with um, community groups, but also interestingly with government agency people like the EPA and also companies in order to collect and get their collective knowledge about uh, better ways or things, information they could pass on to other people, which they learn the hard way. <laughs> So um, this was a wonderful program where I was able to set up interviews for people in Wilmington who had um, been amazingly involved. This has gone on for uh, you know decades and decades. Um, the the uh, cancer cluster happened in the 1990s, and we're only now getting the health study done, which showed an association between NDMA and the and the um, and the children's cancers. So it's been a very fulfilling uh, part of the job is basically being able to make this resource which we're putting on online and will show many people's points of view and lessons learned. So Kathy, it's incredible that you've been doing this work with these community members. And, um, and I know from where I live in New Mexico, we have a lot of super fun sites and, and similar stories have unfolded, right? Community members start getting worried and then all of a sudden um, there starts to be more information, you know, et cetera. I've seen here how, um, how nurses and community members can partner for health and and transparency and cleaning up um, uh, chemicals in the air, land, and water, chemicals and toxins and metals. Um, can you talk to us and and the the Annie community that's listening to the podcast? Can you talk to us about how how you see nursing being, you know, thinking about this work and and moving into um, work since we all live in states that have super fun sites? I'm guessing. Yeah, it's a sad uh, fact um, about how many Superfund sites there are and how long it takes oftentimes to get the designation for cleanup. Um, I, I understand, I, I would like to add one other thing that I've just started because, um, because of actually Annie's inspiration too. And that is that I, uh, after I took the, the um, summer Eerie course. I um, I had decided earlier to put in an R25, which is a short course. And I I must admit I have never been a PI or a um, you know the director of a an entire grant, but I thought that there was a I, I had heard that there was a um, a gap in a lot of nurses' understanding, both about genetics 
and also about environmental health in general. So I designed a short course, which is a five-day program um, for in a proposal that would include teaching genetics from a very interesting perspective. And that is um, teaching it in a way that I use hands-on models. And I designed these many years ago, designed these models. And so what they can do is they can teach cell, cell processes. So in other words, they are manipulatives and they feel really good. They snap together and all sorts of things, but I can show many different um, things about uh, genetic um, vulnerabilities. So some populations are more vulnerable to certain things just because of their genetics. And a lot of times, if nurses don't know that much about the fact that there are susceptibilities of different groups, they don't may not think to ask them certain questions uh, to get histories. So um, the genetics is an important part. And, and so I do a lot of that teaching um, and I worked with other people so we've brought out some very interesting things about um, uh, metabolizing how your liver cells, I'm just trying to explain this quickly, um, liver cells actually metabolize certain um, toxicants. And so there are a lot of variabilities in how you make those proteins. And some people are more vulnerable to specific uh, toxicants because their body may not break them down into ways that they can be excreted, but actually turn them into worst, worst toxicants. So there are some good examples of that, particularly related to smoking. I know that. But um, anyway, so I think my uh, contribution right now is working on uh, getting some genetics into environment, thinking about environmental health. And I rely on uh, a lot more of the discussion about toxicants and those details by uh, inviting uh, two um, or three other wonderful, amazing people who are uh, uh, instructors as well in, in this R25 grant. And one of them is um, at, at your institute, I'm gonna point out Heidi. Um, I don't know if you know Esther Aradai. She, she is also one of our instructors. And also um, um, Judith Zelikoff from NYU. And she is also one of our instructors. And I work also with an amazing person whose name is Amanda Mayer at uh, MIT. And we work together and we, we look at research papers and figure out how to make them into activities particularly. So we can teach about genetic vulnerabilities, uh, let's say with CIT proteins, C CYP450 proteins, in ways that we can build and, and people can try them out. So I, it's very engaging. That's incredible, Kathy. Um, <laughs> thank you for, for explaining to us. And so um, for the Annie nurses that are like listening and write, writing these down, like when do we get to take the course that you are developing? Oh, we have, we started already. So we've had, uh, it got funded, by the way. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, and we, tr it's basically designed for nurses serving tribal uh, communities, but we, and, A and EJ communities. And um, 
We know that many nurses in those places cannot travel to go to a conference. And so we, as the, as the instructors group, uh, we go there. So um, we, uh, we, uh, our first, there was a lot of trouble getting started with the project. So we were delayed and things like that. That's, that's normal, I know. Um, so our first one, just so you know, was in South Dakota in the winter. And realizing we had been to South Dakota in the winter, we could not travel there. So we actually did this because I had a lot of experience in teaching hands-on things um, uh, during COVID. And what I did was I could provide this manipulative set of DNA protein molecules um, and uh, with a camera an extra camera so I can watch people build with their hands. And so that makes it very helpful. I can be very interactive. So um, we can teach remotely as well as with uh, um, uh, traveling, which is really nice. So that was good. And um, the second one we've done more recently was at a nursing school, which is in New Jersey. And the Ramapo um, College of New Jersey is in Ramapo, and they actually have their name Ramapo from the Ramapo tribe, which lives uh, in the area. So they would like to have their nurses uh, do more work with the Ramapo tribe. And so um, this looked into being for juniors uh, in, in, uh, in the college and in the nursing program. And I have some fabulous quotes. We were, we were so excited by the end of the course that we taught the whole five days because we asked them for recommendations and uh, for next year's class. And I could share some of them with you. They're really, um, I'm really excited about them. So, but um, it was a good feeling. Um, Kathy, thank you so much for sharing your incredible work. Um, an exciting project. I hope to, to take your course one of these days. Um, so that R25, you mentioned that um, that was in part a result from your work in the Environmental Health Research Institute. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I was really excited when I saw the advertisement through Annie about this program. Uh, I was thinking about applying for an R25, which means a short course and making a, this short course for nurses. And I thought it would broaden me a bit more to learn more and be in, in community with more, with more people with real nursing degrees. So, and I also need to learn the lingo a little bit more about um, programs and things like that. So I thought it was a fabulous benefit and you can see it really has helped me a lot even by introducing me to you too. Thank you for this interview. And um, thinking ahead about where nurses um, uh, could benefit professionally in different areas and what their interests are. So I, I just, I just know working with nurses that um, people trust nurses for their and valid opinions on things. And and you're in a wonderful teaching position. And I think that is really beneficial for everyone. So thank you for this interview very much. Well, thank you. But before we end our interview, I want to know what's next. You said looking forward. So what's next for you in this space? Well, um, in this space, the R25 program is five years. 
And so we're just finishing, uh, we're just finishing our first year and into our second. And so we are looking for places that would like to host us. And because we are a team and we are looking for communities that would like to be able to learn more about, um, let's say, environmental health with genetics. <laughs> Thank you. Kathy, so incredible to have you here. And as um, as a friend of the nursing community, really an honorary nurse doing this work in environmental health and um, and community engagement and education, um, we're so lucky to have you in our midst. And um, you know, thank you so much for being a resource for all of us in the work that you're doing. Thank you, Dr. Vandiver. That was really interesting. And I love hearing about your interest in supporting and educating nurses using innovative methods and current research findings. And thanks again to Dr. Hanukkah Rogers and Dr. Segan for a wonderful interview. And thank you all for listening. As a reminder, the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast is 100% non-commercial. We charge nothing and advertise nothing. Please tell others about it. Share with your nursing colleagues, family, and friends. Thank you. Talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.